Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our Toledo episode where we will be talking about Toledo's latest album, How It Ends. Uh, if you haven't checked out this album yet, we would suggest that uh, that you give it a listen, maybe give it the once over before uh, continuing on the podcast, um, just so you kind of have some better context for this album. You know a little bit more when we're like, hey, we really like this part in this song. You're like, oh, I did too. Um or at least kind of understanding the overall vibe of the album. If you have listened to this album in any capacity, uh, thank you for listening to it. Uh, We're sure you enjoyed the album, and we are so glad you joined us to talk about this album. So, Nate, let's talk about Toledo here a little bit before we start talking about this specific album. So, in 2021... They put out this EP, Jockeys of Love. You sent me that EP. You're like, hey, we don't really do EPs on the podcast, but this is a pretty dang good EP. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should do it on the podcast. Well, let's just say, long story short, we did not end up doing an episode on Jockeys of Love, but... I listened to that EP, and I was like, this is a pretty dang good EP. And then, luckily for us, they decided to, only a year later, release a, a full-length album. And it's not like they just took all the same songs and put them on this and lengthened it. There are none of the same songs. So, all brand new songs um, uh, for this album. But I just wanted to kind of... Real quick, check in with you since we haven't done an episode on Toledo. And even though they're a band that I've known from you for a little while, uh, take me back to Jockeys of Love when that came out. Tell me how you found out about that EP. Some of the your main takeaways, like where does that EP sit? Is it like, oh, it's one of my favorite EPs? Is it like, I think it's a really solid EP? And then... Um, your own expectations going into how it ends. Yeah, so uh, Toledo is a David Dean Burkhart fine YouTube channel um, that I find a lot of indie stuff on. And I forget which song it was. It was probably Dog Has Its Day. Mm -hmm. Um that I first listened to and I saw they were coming out with an EP was very disappointed hope I was hoping it was an album and I liked the EP a lot um yeah the song that stuck with me the most was you won't I think Mm -hmm. that was one of my favorite songs from that year and just overall I think the band showed a ton of potential because it wasn't just the aesthetic. I think the, yeah. my least favorite thing about David Dean Burkhart, the channel, or, and it's not even who, whoever David Dean is, it's that people will post, they'll be like, I like every single song you share. And it's like, yeah. 
that's just bullshit. Either, mm-hmm. either, or, or maybe they do. But if you do, all you're falling in love with are aesthetics. Like, yes. and that's the thing. Like, Toledo like fits a lot of like yes. these indie aesthetics. But the thing is, is that they're actually really dang good songwriters, yeah. and it's like they make incredible songs and i think this record displays their um their just like ability to do so much more than your standard acoustic indie folk um i mean they really mix it up and so heading into this album i when I saw a single was out from them, I was really excited because yeah. they were one of my most anticipated debut. Like rarely, because we're not big EP people and are at least speaking yeah. for myself, really yeah. not a big EP guy. I'll almost never have a band that I'm looking forward to their debut. Yes. If that makes sense. It will be, yes. I discover their debut that's already out. But because they had the EP, I was actually like anticipating, okay, what's their first full length going to be? And the first single was L Train, and it was released just as a standalone single. It didn't, they didn't say, hey, oh. this is our first single for a new album. And the single was out for a while. I feel like it must have been three, four months. I, I, don't, I don't remember how long it was, but it wasn't like, they released L train and then like a month later they're like, Oh, but we have an album. It, it felt like a decent amount of time. And so yeah. then they released climber, I believe. And then Andrew, cause you weren't keeping up with the singles, right? No, no, I wasn't. So after climber, I'm pretty sure they released flake, then leopard skin, then what happened to the menorah. So they had mm-hmm. tracks six, seven, eight nine and ten all out at the same time before they release the rest of the record and i don't know if i've ever seen a band do that exactly and what i mean by that is release almost the entirety of the second half of a album like usually when a band does this it'll be first four tracks or yeah two through five or two through six i don't know if i've ever seen a band do something like this before and then including like what happened to the menorah that's like an instrumental track i mean Mm -hmm. for them to release that as a single it's just like i don't know it's just like such a crazy rollout and so uh yeah so that's kind of my backstory but with with you heading into the album yeah i think it's very clear that i was like they were like high on my radar yes is this a band that you listened to the ep a lot like you said and then forgot Mm -hmm. about or were you kind of like keeping in the back of your head so is there an in between? Because <laughs> you hadn't forgotten them. I had not forgotten them. In fact, like not that long ago, I I just keep an old phone of mine with a bunch of music on it in my car, and not that long ago, 
I actually listened to Jockeys of Love in my car. Like, that I just was scrolling through music and I was like, oh, right, Toledo. And, like, I don't just put all of my music on that. So I had also already gone out of my way, downloaded from Apple Music, like, that EP, kept it on that phone, and played it. I mean, I'm saying not that long ago. It was probably seven, eight months ago now. Mm -hmm. But, like... In the grand scheme of things, you'd think, like, they're top of mind. What's weird is that Jockeys of Love, to me, feels like it still just came out. Yeah. So, I think they were both on my radar as, like, I really like this band. Like, there's something there. I was also annoyed that it wasn't a full length. Um, I think I was also annoyed it wasn't a full length because I kind of wanted to do an album review with you. Yeah. For them, but we don't do EPs, and we ended up choosing... Because we were like, maybe we just do two EPs in one episode or do some short episodes um, to try to figure out how to do that. And then we ended up just doing albums. And that's fine. It was still, I think, the right choice. But, I mean, we didn't even... We haven't really talked about Jockeys of Love. We haven't talked about that EP. And I kind of wanted to talk Toledo with you. Mm -hmm. And so this was so fast to me, which I totally missed singles, all that. And it came out, and I can't remember if I just saw, hey, look, Toledo came out today and saved it immediately, or if you sent it, like, the day it came out. Because I know it was, like, day it came out, I had it saved, and I was listening to it. And it's been out for a little bit now. Um, yeah, September 23rd was the release yeah. date, so October, November, almost three months. Yep, yep. Because um, this is probably compared to a lot of the albums we've been doing that I'm, like, binge listening to. Toledo's one that's like, oh yeah, I've been listening to this since it came out. Yeah. Um, this specific album. So, um, I don't know. There was still a surprise factor, and it wasn't like, oh, Toledo, I remember them. Because they never really left my consciousness. Like, there wasn't enough time between Jockeys of Love to forget about them. Yeah. But there was also not enough time for there to be like a ramp up into this album for me. Yeah. It, to me, it was just very sudden still where it's like, oh, you just put out an EP. You have an album. This is great. Um, and spoiler alert. I don't know if this is getting ahead. Are you going to share how it album? Uh, I was going to ask uh, if you were going to share how it ends. Oh, I did not. <laughs> well, I kind of did because that's the album. But, um, but spoiler alert, I think that they improved on this on the EP in this album. Yeah. I think this is such a strong album. There are two bands that I think they're reminiscent of, and I'd like your take on. Um, I feel like they are somewhat similar to, and it's funny because it's really just um, solo acts. Um, yeah, so I think I know one. Toledo. So do you want to do you want to take a guess? Well, so dude, the first track, yes, Soda Can, before he he even sings, yeah, it's like, I right, should we? It would be funny if we'd say a different thing. I right, let's do a three, two, one. You ready? Okay, okay. Three, two, one. Kevin Crowder. Okay, it was different. I I, I could see we weren't going the same way. Yeah, so for me, when I hear Soda Can, ah. that, like, it's like that 
like the guitar. Yep. I don't know how to do that. And the well, drum maybe beat. I wasn't specifically saying soda can. Let me see. No, I don't think no, you that's, were. That's actually it's funny because I'm listening, and that is totally Kevin Crowder. Yeah. So um, specifically like that. So I do get Kevin okay. Crowder. Yep, but yeah, I agree. I'll add that to the third. So what are the other two? Like S. Carey and the other two. What's the other one? S. Carey and from Indian Lakes. Ah, from Indian Lakes. That makes sense. Um, like like um, absent sounds from Indian Lakes, pretty specifically. Yeah. Um, um, and that song's like box cutter. Um, yeah. Like box cutters, like melody is very from Indian Lakes to me. Um, um, hideout. Which I just now is also S. Carey. But, like, listen to that song. It's very S. Carey um, uh, vibe to it. I, okay, so I'll say that it's, uh, it's all three. Because there's definitely, definitely Kevin Crowder in Soda Can. And, and, and beyond that, too. Um, but, okay, it, those three artists are some of the best indie artists, right? For I mean, like, for us, for stuff for, we've listened to on the podcast, and then yeah. just like in general, they're definitely three staples. I um, feel like when if I were to compare an artist to any one of those, it's a compliment. Oh yeah, right. There's other ones you just say because it's like, oh, they sound like that, and you don't actually have to love the band, but you're like, oh yeah, they sound like blah blah blah. Um, but I would say if I'm comparing to any of those three, they're doing something really unique and and really impressive. Um, yeah, dude. And now I feel bad missing Kevin Crowder. That's okay. It's I, really I was, just Soda Can, to be honest. It's just the yeah. like intro to that. It just like screams Kevin Crowder it, to me. Yeah, yeah. You're you're right. And like. Actually, it's probably just Kevin Crowder in general. I was like, it's like toss up Kevin Crowder more, but not really. It's almost just Kevin Crowder. Yeah. Yeah. But I think. Did you have any other artists that like when you listen to them, you go, hey, this is like a combo of. So you thought Kevin Crowder. Um, yeah. For And again, any specific other artists that come to mind. So what's funny is for me, it's less about um, it's less about like an artist in the sense where I'm like, hey, these guys sound like this other artist and more like they fit the genre basically that I've been in love with for the past like year or two. Like they're Mm -hmm. a really good uh, culmination or summary of that, which is basically like acoustic led indie mm-hmm. rock, where it's like yep. it's not acoustic. I feel like growing up, acoustic meant slow, or it meant yes. like singer songwriter stylistically. Where yep. if you take electric, all of a sudden it's a band or it's yes. uh, rock. I think bands, I've been falling in love with bands that lead with acoustic but are still doing rock stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it has this great combination of the soft and heavier. And so like 
This album for me falls in line with like last year's top 10, like a lot of my artists. So like another Michael, Boy Scouts, Charlie Martin, Howdy, Mm -hmm. like they really fit Mm -hmm. into that group of artists where this year I don't think I have a single band that fits that style in my top 10 besides Toledo. And so I think, I, yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I, I just wanted to look through because I haven't narrowed down to 10 yet. I told Nate I got down to about 20 or uh, 30. I'm <laughs> pretty good. But I'm just quick looking through to see if there's any. Uh, it sounds like Toledo. They're in my top 30. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, uh, I yeah. mean, twenty twenty two is not Who that knows? good. They might, they might get higher. Um, maybe the closest that's in here, besides S. Carey's "Break Me Open," is also in here. Um, Henry Jameson. Yeah, I mean, that would be it's probably like, the closest. But the thing is, like, is that like that is more singer songwriter in my mind. I know. Where I know he doesn't use the acoustic in the same way that these guys are. Yep. Um, but yeah, I would say that for me, that would definitely be my closest. Because even when you bring up S. Carey, like Hundred Acres S. Carey sounds yes. more where, and that's the Hundred Acres S. Carey is what this album is more reminiscent of. Yeah. Where the new record doesn't sound anything like this, really. Nope. Nope. It's too... This sounds too happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Break Me Open. A little bit of a sad, sad album. Yeah, very dark. Just just a little bit. A little bit. I know it seems dark. But, um, yeah, so... I think, like, speaking of the opposite of dark, like, some tracks that are really bright on this record just like musically like climber yep. fake uh keep it down or maybe keep it down is maybe not bright but it's really catchy um but like there's some like soda cans probably more upbeat and bright um yes. but it also has some i would say some like darker songs so like uh fixing fixing up the back room Mm-hmm. It's not dark as it's more like somber. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's what happened to the menorah is like very reflective, and I'm not just saying that because it's an instrumental. Like stylistically, it like really puts you in this reflective mood. Yeah. Ghost Ghosty would be another up, upbeat track. Yeah, um, and Ghosty's like very much there. Like you mentioned, Howdy. And that's yeah. the track that it's like, that would actually be their howdy track. Definitely. Not a lot of lyrics. There's nope. not a chorus. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. like. Yeah. That's that's what you look at is like, <laughs> where's your weird song structure? Exactly. That's your howdy. Song. That's your howdy. But yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the way the acoustic works and the, specifically, I would say the vocal cadence uh, yeah. feels howdy to me for that yes but um are in terms of production i think a huge aspect of the production is the fact that these two dudes their real jobs they're not first musicians do you know what they are oh. first producers they're producers 
Interesting. And so for, oh. for them, I watched an interview and they said producing their own record is like terrifying and like scary for them where yeah. producing other people's records is very freeing. Yeah. But despite those feelings of fear and that they're exuding or in, in terms of the interview, you cannot sense it at all. Nope. Um, nope. And they also have had help from, I know, uh, our, our buddy, and by our buddy, I don't actually mean our buddy because we don't know them personally at all. But Melina from JSOM, she worked on this record a little bit. Oh, interesting. In, in terms of production. And yeah. so it's like, no wonder why we love it. But yeah. let's talk about the production really quick. What of what JSOM? <laughs> yeah, let's I'm talk kidding. about yeah. let's talk about JSOM's entire discography. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was our segue into an entirely different artist. And I think both J- I actually let's take just honestly, I want to get this JSOM thing off my chest real quick. Um, yes. it's pissing me off, and yet this is art. This is what it is. JSOM has been working on every single other person's project yes. but her own. Yeah, it and is kind of annoying. I noticed that and I didn't even know she helped with Toledo. Dude, but she, she's she's everywhere right now. Dude, she was on like but, a Troy like Savon track. Like she did a project with her brother. She's yep. done her side project. Yep. Like she's done literally everything but her own record. Yep. But that's the thing. It's like being an art for her, that's life giving, and so it's like, yeah. girl, I support you. Like, yep. do your thing. I'm not I just going to be a selfish you. consumer. We're going to good cop, bad cop, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> like, Nate supports you, but I say get back to work on your own stuff. But it's tough because we oh. are so often selfish, and I know yeah. I am yeah. as a music listener. And so, yeah. But anyways, next yes. year, 2023, I would not yep. be shocked if Jason released something. She's and, due, and I would not be shocked if we talked about it. So, yep. little teaser there. Oh, I'd be shocked if we didn't. I I fully agree. So, Andrew, the product done. Sorry. sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're Never good. I was like, we just we haven't actually talked JSOM except for like top tens. That's the only yeah. time her names come up. So like we actually before this episode that is. Um but we need to do a full album. Totally. Like, I would almost make an exception in like going back to an album for <laughs> JSOM. Like I just really want to talk about her music. I'd but love that. We we, we won't air. yet. We'll we'll let her come to us and and then maybe we can talk about old stuff, but so production, okay, Andrew, yes. hit me. What are yeah. your thoughts? So what's really funny is I had no clue they're producers, and the first thought that I had as far as production goes, and this is gonna totally sound like a diss, but I mean it as a compliment. Is it's very straightforward, like the and maybe the album in general. It's just like, how do you produce these songs to sound the best way possible? And they've done that. Like, there is a bit of a script with this style and production. Um, dare I say, a lot of this stemming from Bon Iver um, in his production. Um, again, that would be like everyone saying, like, the Beatles invented rock or something like that. It's like, you could be really different, but you're, like, still going back. That's how I view production and, uh, and indie production in general. But... Um, but I think everything is mixed perfectly 
I, I like I was thinking about production with it and I was like what's weird is it's such good production that I think it's actually um what would you like it just kind of gets out of the way of the instruments a bit like sometimes production feels really in your face with how it's produced and sometimes production is just there that like you almost don't even think about it um and then when you do think about it you're like that's just really good um so that'd be my take with this like I don't I don't know um like I don't know that it could be any better as far as production but I also don't feel like the production is in your face I don't know it just feels like it's really good. I don't know if that makes sense to you and if you agree or disagree. Yeah, so I think what I love about the production is how consistent it is where the record, even though there's a lot of different types of songs on here, it feels mm-hmm. so cohesive. Yes. Um, and I think the production plays a big part in that. I also think um, they do... a really good job creating like some atmospheres without it being like ambient per se so like i don't know if that's just a songwriting or like they're doing something on the production end but Mm -hmm. like um they like find these it's just so clean that they Mm -hmm. maybe that's what it is it's so clean that like you you really soak in the instruments and aren't distracted by all these other bells and whistles here and there they'll have stuff so like climber yes. will have some stuff there's some other songs that will have some things here and there but mm-hmm. i think they're focusing on again i don't want to say atmosphere maybe that's not the right word but they're creating uh a Texture, I would guess that would probably be a better word. Their texture specifically mm-hmm. with the acoustic, the drums, the electrics, and the bass, where they all mesh really, mm-hmm. really well together. Mm-hmm. And probably most of the production that's noticeable, at least to me, and I don't have a really great ear for this because I'm not a producer at all, but mm-hmm. is the vocal productions. I think mm-hmm. like there's like these like faint little um, I don't know what the word would be, but uh, what's a call where you put like an effect on the vocals? Um, an effect on the vocals. Oh okay, yeah, there's there's some faint effects th- throughout the record, like, like some some reverb, or are you talking like uh, man? I think. I think it's like a little bit of so like for instance yeah, like yeah. keep it down. Yep. When you listen to keep it down and let's talk about the chorus real quick. Yep. So I'm going to go to the song right now. Maybe his voice is just so good that, that I'm like think thinking it's an effect but it feels like kind of clean and quieted at the same time. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that like qui- so like that's kind of what it's I've interpreted the quiet his and maybe that's it but like the quietness of the vocals at times yeah. makes me feel like there's some type of muzzle or some type of effect yeah. on the vocals but maybe yeah. not 
Mm-hmm. There very well could be, and that might be stuff that I took for granted um, and didn't listen close enough to. Um, is some of those vocal production stuff like the vocals are produced great? There's really good harmonies. Um, um, what I was just hearing, keep it down, uh, was just um, uh, his his falsetto being really strong and doubled up in the background. Um, could just be a natural thing. Could be stuff that they're layering as well. So, the thing about the record, um, in terms of standout tracks, and I'm not even talking about quality, though obviously these songs are good, but tracks that surprise me, I think How It Ends, the title track, was very shocking to me. Specifically that it's a title track with... Um, being a very different song. Um, but can you describe, Andrew, and I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, why would I say How It Ends feels different, like in musical terms? What's kind of different about that track compared to most of the rest? It sounds like Page of the Lion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. that's not what... Um, um, so the the groove that they settle into is a little bit more accented. Um, and I would even say his voice, he's doing some much different vocal, um, technique, like almost a lazier singing that sounds mean, but like, it is definitely a different technique where he's a little bit behind the beat at times. Um, so it just kind of, it's a purposeful thing, but the, the term is usually lazy singing because you're behind. Um, but, um. Those are some of the elements I think I remember. I'll listen to it a little bit more. I also think it's like a very driving track in terms of like it's more of a rock track to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's obviously the acoustics still, but and then you get into the chorus and it's almost his vocals really elevate in a way that they don't throughout the record. And it, it doesn't feel as like soft or sweet i would say as most of the other tracks it's a little bit more not harsh but firm and so i was very shocked that it was such a different track and still a title track but i think this is a good transition for lyrics um because i'm assuming part of the reason why um they chose this song as a title track is lyrically there's a lot of parental uh themings uh Mm -hmm. on on this album and i think how it ends is an example on ghosty talking about his mom silencing calls from his dad when his mom's in the hospital like just like you can tell there's like a lot of um I don't want to necessarily like ascribe trauma, but like a lot of depth and emotion um, mm-hmm. familially. I forget which song he talks about being at a friend's house and almost being viewed like a cousin or like being considered as a cousin, which I found to be very interesting where it's like, I think that can happen when, Oh yeah. He goes on vacation with them, like a cousin basically. And, um, I think that has to do with that family baggage as well, where it's like almost finding a new family in a certain level. And again, I'm mm-hmm. this is my just like I'm sure 
this could totally be off and it's tough when you're assuming things about people's personal life but as I'm just trying to make sense of the lyrics I think that family tension is what makes I think this record so personal and so beautiful the chorus of uh, Flake <laughs> yeah I was actually going to point out it's uh, it's my Maybe my favorite chorus on the album. I mean, yeah. First off, just beautiful. Yeah. And second off, like so harsh, <laughs> but also fam- mm-hmm. again familial in the sense where it's like, it. when you say "I effing hate your guts," mm-hmm. you often say that about somebody outside a family, somebody you hate. But he says, I have, I effing hate your guts right now, which is something you say about fam- like that right now. Like, is that like, and again, I could be misreading, but that familial, like how with family, we have these like very strong and intense, but momentary reactions. Yep. Cause deep down we love them, even though we feel yep. one way right now, we'll yep. follow it with love. Um, and that's not always the case either. Cause obviously it can be very complicated, but yep. Anyways, uh, yeah. what do you have any thoughts on lyrics? We just recorded um, Ray Ray before this, and that was an yeah. We had no thoughts, no there. lyrical thoughts with it being a um, Japanese album. But here we have English, so we actually can understand half of it. The words that yes. aren't too big yes. for us to read. Um, I feel like he paints really good pictures with his words. Like I actually usually just feel like his lyrics for me. More than trying to dissect what he's getting at, it just—I feel really drawn into a um, <clears throat> a scenery almost that he's that he's painting with his lyrics. So um, they're probably a lot more complicated uh, than I take them to be, but they're also I feel like fairly straightforward in, in comparison to some other indie artists that we listen to that get really. Um, maybe overly poetic um i feel like his lyrical style is much more um literal factual storytelling uh type um and i like that i think it fits their style really well um so just the overall aesthetic of the lyrics is really good i don't know that i actually um besides the lyrics in flake that one stands out and again i love that chorus um the chorus of box cutter also um uh i don't know that's just probably one of the lyrics that gets stuck in my head um but for me it's probably more about some of the melodies and cadences that they pick than me dissecting the lyrics because i don't feel like i've done that properly either um I can sing along to a decent bit of the album. Again, I think part of that comes from like having really good melodies and cadences that you want to sing along to, um, and the lyrics being easy enough to remember. Yeah, but I think you made a great point about it being like very biographical in a way that it's very rarely does it seem like he's trying to like preach or like give you uh, like summary of his feelings like oh um here's a summary of what's going on 
it's more like very specific details and not really explaining whether they're good or bad, just like sharing them. And I think that's such a such a great lyrical style. I mean, and it's very refreshing just when somebody shares their story and mm-hmm. you just get to take their story and hear it as it is. Um, I find it to be just a very unique listening experience compared to when somebody gives you the answers or gives you their takeaways. I, yeah. I think he very rarely gives takeaways or if he does, yeah. they feel like how he's feeling in that moment, which again is putting you into that story less. Okay. And in, in hindsight or looking back, I feel this and more just like mm-hmm. right in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love this album. I feel like I could just keep talking about it, but well, um, bef- I have a feeling we'll talk a little bit more about it and potentially ten. before we get into. Did w- oh yeah, there you go. I think we're saying. I the was same gonna thing. say uh, album artwork, yep. and then and then top. Yep. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and start then. I'd what love. I'd love to know whether this is a real picture or not yep. from yep. one of their childhoods, specifically the singer. Um, with yeah. him having like the lyrical concepts behind a lot of this, mm-hmm. I from the jump when I saw this album cover, I was like, "They better make a good album because I don't want them to yeah. waste this cover." <laughs> yep, because I, I think the cover is so good, and I mean, yep. again, like indie. There's like this type of indie we talked about. There's so much aesthetic. There's so much like. Yeah like it's almost sickening the aesthetic because it's like overdone and it's a style over substance but yep this this cover is just i think it's incredible and it yep. gives you that singular color which is that hint of blue which is beautiful the blue and white and yep. so good can i say something maybe slightly controversial uh 9-11 was an inside job I, that's not even controversial. That's just factual. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, so here's the um, controversial thing. I don't like the cover for Jockeys of Love, and I know that I should. Yeah, yeah you should. <laughs> I think for some reason the blur on the photo... Like uh-huh. it's kind of like a double blurred photo. Yeah. Um, just looks to me, my eyes can't focus enough, and it just looks grainy to me. Hmm. Like I know it's not. I know what they're going for, and I like respect that cover. But I don't love the cover. Hmm. And again, I know I feel like I should because it's kind of cool. Like I don't know, but. <coughs> Um, how it ends is way cooler to me. To me, um, I think it's a better aesthetic. I think it fits their music even a little bit better. I don't know what Jockeys of Love, even maybe just that title makes me think, but um, yeah, this is a perfect album cover. I I hope that it's a real picture, because what I don't want, we were talking aesthetic. I don't want people just finding pictures from like old like film pictures and like 
that look really personal but aren't. And, like, that's my album cover because I feel like it loses something if, if people are doing that. But if that's what they did, hey, it worked. I, I'm here for it, so. Yeah. All right. I got to drink some more water. My throat is trash right now, actually. Well, um, as you drink, how should I just share? You, yes, yes. Share your favorite song on the album. So I think I've had a journey with this in terms of favorite track when – L Train came out originally. Again, it was that standalone single. I liked it, but didn't love it. And it made me kind of leery for the album. I was like, oh, I don't like this as much as many of the songs on Jockeys of Love. I'm nervous. Then Climber came out, and I fell in love. And so Climber was kind of like my de facto favorite. Yep. I think Flake kind of like grew on me more to the point where I think I like Flake now more than Climber. And yet, ironically enough, my favorite track is probably L Train. Now... Wow, what a whirlwind. Controversial. (laughs) But part of it is my wife loves this song. And so there's just like that component. I also think... What's beautiful is how subtle it is. And then the bridge ends up hitting so much harder due to the fact of how subtle it is. And I just think it's like such a sweet spot. Like the pocket they hit in this song, it's just like such a sweet, soothing, comfortable pocket. And so it's like a a place of rest, this song for me. And so that's probably why. I think that's a really solid choice. What's funny is I feel like you chose the song that points out you're a fan of this album. Mm. Because I feel like anyone passively picking a favorite song would not pick that song. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's not that it's not deserving of it. It's because it's not a song written as like, this will be the fan favorite song. It's like really soft and intimate and and close to the chest, but really well written, really really well produced, um, really well, uh, yeah. It's just really good. So, um, but I'm gonna go in a different, uh, um, yeah, go somewhere else. Um, this album is hard. My my brain wants to tell me Soda Can because it's a great starter track but my heart says box cutter i think box cutter is my favorite vocal performance on Mm. the album has maybe my favorite melodies on the album as well pretty pretty close i will say though l train has some really good melodies in, Mm. in it but um i think the guitars at the beginning always throw me because then I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a really kind of grungy rock track. But it's not like as grungy as the beginning guitars sound. But they do some really interesting stuff with it's a little bit more of a minor song um, than major, so it's just slightly more sad sounding in layman's terms. Um, But his vocals are really bright and he uses his falsetto perfectly 
Um, this thing is a really, really well done track. Um, so I'm gonna go box cutter. Very nice. Um, we're gonna talk about this album top ten, aren't we, Nate? I have a feeling we're gonna talk top ten. Um, for Who this knows? one, we'll see. We'll have to tune we'll in see. to find out. <laughs> exactly, and. In case you weren't aware, that will be the very next episode. We will start talking about our favorites of 2022. So make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. Um, That is a two-part episode. Uh, So we'll have two different episodes. The first one being talking about a bunch of our other favorites, music videos, live performance, uh, album artwork, what have you and then our final episode of the year we will be talking about our top 10 albums of 2022 so if you haven't start your list because we love to see those lists but um but yeah we hope that you like this album as much as we do we think toledo has done a great job with their debut it's gonna be hard to beat honestly like that's a very very solid debut album so um I would say they've come on in the scene very strong, and, and we're both looking forward to what's uh, what's in their future. So uh, reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts on this album. You can find us on socials at LDLPod on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can also email us at listening at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day.